there was a time and age where if somebody had mental health issues and uh, let's just say they were acting out or acting unresourcefully, they would be referred to as crazy, uh, potentially imprisoned in, in some way, shape or form um, and almost penalized for being ill. If your spirit was unhealthy, then it would show in your mind. Then your mind would be unhealthy. You'd have unhealthy thoughts. It would show in your body. And then your body would be unhealthy and get sick. And that's what I call the human dashboard. My life completely crashed in 2003. Uh, and, um, you know, I had one of the biggest breakdowns, you know, in my whole life. You know, I was, I had suicidal thoughts. I was in a complete masterlessness state. You know, they, I had nothing. My life just collapsed. Welcome to the Martial Mind Power Podcast, where you discover how to cultivate self-mastery towards your self-realization, inspired by martial arts and philosophy. Hello everybody and welcome to another Martial Mind Power podcast and on today's episode we're going to be talking about mental health and today obviously we have Sifu Lakloy. Lax, oh, hope you're good and well. I'm very well thank you and uh, yeah it's, it's wonderful to uh, share another podcast with our viewers and listeners as well. So um, here we are talking we about go. mental health today. Huh? Definitely, definitely. So, let's 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 get into straight into it. And I, um, what is um, what what? How do we define like mental health? Like it's become a big topic recently. People are talking about it. I personally feel it's been around for ages and un under other kind of names and kind of synergistic links. Uh, but it's become more in the forefront recently. Like, how would we define what mental health is? Well, let's let's let me just pick up on something that you just said there. You know, it's uh, it's come recently into um, into uh, the, the 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 media light uh, as uh, the coined term mental health. I mean, the thing is, as long as uh, human beings have been around, they've had physical health, they've had mental health, they've had emotional health, and they've had spiritual health. Um, now it's just a matter of being aware of it and recognizing it and then working on it. You know, a lot of people, especially in today's society in the Western world, focus predominantly on uh, physical health, right? You know, we all go out, you know, engage in uh, exercise and sports and uh, maybe uh, attend a gym or go swimming or, and so on. So, you know, people are aware that, um, uh, as part of the lifestyle to stay fit and healthy, that uh, physical exercise is important, as well as physical exercise, nutrition is even more important, right? And a lot of people don't realize uh, on, on a physical level that, uh, you know, the exercise accounts for about 20% of physical health, right? Uh, the food accounts for 80% of your physical health, right? So it's important to eat healthy and exercise, okay, to keep the, your physical uh, uh, biology running effectively and optimally. Mm -hmm. Then the, the second aspect um, is your mental health. Now, the mental health has always been there. It's just that, you know, over the ages, it's been recognized as different things. There was a, there was a time and age where if somebody had mental health issues 
and uh, let's just say they were acting out or acting unresourcefully, they would be referred to as crazy, uh, potentially imprisoned in, in some way, shape or form, um, and almost penalized for being ill. Mm. And this is what the mental health coinage of words is helping to break that stigma that actually, do you know what? This is something that is real. This is something that um, needs to be recognized. It needs attention. And then we need to put some healing around that. So how do you do that? So basically uh, the state of mind somebody is in is, is very important to identify. And that's what we're referring to when we talk about mental health is the state of somebody's mind. Absolutely. Right. It's the health of somebody's mind. Yeah. And it's that, that, that just doesn't just refer to the, the, the physical brain, mm. right? Because there's already, you know, a plethora of studies that, or that allude to the fact that the mind is a lot bigger than the, the mushy, gelatinous uh, clump of, you know, fat and electrical signals uh, in your skull. It's a lot bigger than that. And the things that it can do uh, are still unexplainable, mm -hmm. right? Things, uh, you know, I think uh, neuroscientists have, uh, you know, definitely nailed the ability to be able to, uh, monitor and locate where certain activity happens within your brain when you think of certain things or you feel certain emotions and, and uh, smell when you smell and, and, and so on. Um, you can tell which parts of the brain that's happening in, but you still can't explain the mind. Mm. The mind is a lot bigger than that, right? So mental health is everything to do with your, 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 your neurology is everything to do with your cognitive functions. It's everything to do with the health around the mind space. If I was to use that word. Yeah. So it's like, um, so like we, we alluded to this in one of our previous, um, topics when we were talking about mind, body, spirit and how, you know, the body is the physical element. The spirit is the kind of unknown and unseen. And then the mind is the bit sits in the middle that potentially connects like a bridge between those two sides of it. So when we talk about mental health, we're basically talking about the body, isn't it? Because obviously the brain is part of the body, right? And whatever's going on inside the brain in terms of how we think, how we feel, the thoughts that come up, they're not really, um, not necessarily spiritual in a sense, but they're more functions of the brain, isn't it? So when we talk about mental health, are we talking more about the body and brain function? Well, I, I like to say the, the mind is a gateway between your physical body mm -hmm. and your spiritual body. Okay. Uh, and I'm just kind of like stacking it this way, you know, body sure. being lower, the mind being in the middle and the spirit being higher than that. Okay. Uh, whereas obviously the spirit is in you and around you and everywhere. Right. Um, now when we talk about spirit, well, we're talking about energy. Okay. Now, um, the, the martial arts, being a, a martial arts podcast, you know, the thing about um, martial arts traditionally, the ancient secret of martial arts is is all down to Wu Chi, right? Wu Chi being the original source, the, the great emptiness. Okay, so what is that? Well, that's the spiritual space, right? That is the ether. 
that is the one consciousness that is god right that is this energy that we are swimming in this ocean of consciousness that we're in right that we we ultimately martial arts is trying to help us connect to now the uh, traditional chinese martial arts what they used to do was they used to help you cultivate and this is something that we spoke about before in a previous podcast is but you cultivate your own spirit so then you can help heal somebody else's spirit you cultivate your own mind so you can help heal somebody else's mind you help cultivate your body so you can heal somebody else's body and then they teach you combat and then you can teach other people combat okay and that's the way it goes down top down right uh, in our western world we start with our physical body first then you know then we then we may or may not care about anybody else's physical body we kind of kind of almost stuck in ourselves right and if you want to learn combat you just go and learn combat at the physical level and that's it it start, starts there stops there doesn't go any further you miss the whole stack you're only ever going to be caught of a martial artist so when we're talking about martial arts uh, actually what you're talking about is a whole stack mm. connecting to wuchi is the ultimate goal right this is why on um, my book original truth right we've got the um the uh uh the tau symbol there right and the reason for that is that that literally represents the great emptiness okay mm. on the second book i've got the uh, the tori and uh, this is the the gate to your um the gate to your higher self right to your uchi okay this is what it's all about <laughs> come master your life right and we've got here the oh, i'm trying to do this backwards here right you got the yin yang which is using the martial mindset to cultivate self mastery right so what are we talking about we are talking about using the martial mindset we're trying to you talk we're talking about using martial philosophy we're trying to you talk we're talking about using martial arts physically to help cultivate our body so that we can cultivate our mind and then reach spirit right uh, so when it comes to mental health right i think uh, and i know uh from my first hand experience uh is uh, that um in order to align uh, your body your mind and your spirit you've got to do some work in that space and uh, in order to do the work in that space is you've got to align all of those that stack has to be aligned so just like you work out your body to become fit and healthy you got to work out your mind to become fit and healthy and you got to work out your spirit to become fit and healthy and as the ancient martial artists used to start with the spirit and go downwards the reason they used to go downwards was because if your spirit was unhealthy then it would show in your mind then your mind would be unhealthy you'd have unhealthy thoughts it would show in your body and in your body would be unhealthy and get sick and that's what i call the human dashboard right you know like you imagine you're driving a car and your um, you know your fuel fuel light comes on it's saying that you know you need to fill up right you're out of fuel you can't carry on um for much longer you probably have i think most cars have a 30 mile um uh, uh contingency in there right so once that light comes on you've got about 30 miles thereabouts right before you you know to to get to uh, a petrol station or a gas station for our fellow americans right to fill up and you can carry on otherwise you're going to run out of run out of uh, fuel and you're going to get stranded okay and then you've got and different the other way the other way as well right because if the body isn't healthy then it doesn't really allow you to connect with your mind and body with your spirit as well because it just comes in the way of that channeling almost if you wanted to go down that route absolutely so let's think about this right for a minute right so why does the body get unhealthy right 
right? Why, why do people become sedentary, right? Because there's, there's some, some programming in the mind, there's some mental strategy that's, that's, uh, that people have set in their mind to say, I'm not going to exercise, fuck it, you know? Uh, you know, I don't want to, I'm fed up, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. So you don't do anything, you become sedentary, you start, you know, you know taking on this silent deadly diseases such as diabetes, coronary heart disease, hypertension, and so on, uh, as a consequence of not exercising, right? Uh, and obesity as well, right? And then that's, they're, they're silent diseases, they don't happen instantaneously, they happen over time. But they happen as a consequence of you thinking that you don't wanna do something, you don't wanna engage in physical activity, or so on. But let's put it this way, right? When you're happy, right? And you listen to a happy song, you wanna dance, you wanna move, right? Uh, if, you, if the weather's nice outside, you wanna go outside, you wanna go for a walk, you wanna go to the park, right? You wanna play, right? Movement is directly linked to your state. Now a state, the thing is, a state is, you know, is binary, it's on or off, and everyth everything in between, right? So happiness, for instance, it's funny because a lot of people, you know, strive for happiness, I mean, uh, in, in, in original truth, uh, there's a chapter in here and I, I'd like to show you that, share this with you because um, it's called the happiness hoax, right? And uh, the strap line below it is, it's not all about being happy. And you know, the thing is happiness, you can switch on or off, mm. right? It's just a state. You listen to a happy song, you get happy. You listen to a sad song in, in the same, you know, in the space of 15 minutes, right? Or 10 minutes or however long a happy song and a sad song lasts, you become sad, right? You can change your state like that, right? It's, it's a choice, it's a decision. Uh, so too much emphasis upon happiness, which I call it the happiness hoax, is bullshit, right? This, your goal shouldn't be to be uh, aim for happiness. Your goal should be to aim for bliss, right? Now, bliss is way above happiness, right? is a level of serenity, it's a level of harmony, it's a level of peace, it's a level of contentment, okay? But how can you be like that? Now, when we talk about mental health, we're talking about the illnesses uh, and the symptoms that we recognize when somebody's mentally ill, okay? And what does that look like? Well, it looks like, you know, anxiety and depression is the, the two biggest keywords that you'll hear right, about uh, mental health. People are anxious, uh, people are depressed, okay? And, um, you know, there's, you know, that can show up in many different ways. The Hold that thought for a second, Lex. Go on. Hold that thought for a second, yeah? Just as a little hook line, <laughs> right? Um, I, before we get to that, like, I just wanted to, um, could you say, you, you've been now um, training in martial arts for how long? Gosh, man, I started when I was seven. I'm 47 now. I had a break in between and this last stint of um, Bruce Lee's martial art I've been doing since 2003. So, right. so 2003, right? So, um, and, ha and, and because on your journey, not only have you done martial arts, you've also been, um, you know, you've been a personal trainer. So you've looked into body nutrition, all those kind of things. You've done uh, NLP hypnosis, all these kind of uh, brain exercises and understandings, right? That's right. Um, so you got a wealth of knowledge and years of experience behind you, yeah. right? And um, I just wanted to bring that to the forefront because just in case anybody's listening saying, oh, you know, who, who are these guys to be talking about mental health and what know, you know, what do they know or why they're sharing this information? And the reason we're sharing it is because of experience, right? 
an experience and the number of students you've trained over the years, the number of things you've seen over those years as yeah. well. Um, like, like, for example, myself, I've been in the personal development space for over 15 years, right? Yeah. Studying, you know, looking into the mind. I'm always fascinated and intrigued about how does this work? Like, what's exactly. going on in the human mind? Why do we think differently, right? Yeah. And all of those kind of understandings is what we're bringing to to you guys to share, because that's all we can do at the end of the day, share with you what we know. And as like Bruce Lee said, take from what's useful and discard what's not, right? So, right. Um, so bringing that back, so you know, you were saying um, um, about uh, anxiety and depression. Before we speak about that, um, there's 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 almost like uh, I feel I think you can add to this is there's, there's two elements to uh, when we talk about mental health. On one side, when we talk about mental health, sometimes it is kind of seen as a almost like negative connotation to it. Right. But on the other side, it's all all it really means is the state of somebody's mind, like the health, how healthy or how they're thinking about certain things. Right. On one side, there's an issue when it comes to like, you know, trauma, something that's happened, that's caused some sort of problem or there's some sort of deficiencies in the body. Right. Which can influence your your brain and the way you think about things. Right. And in those kind of circumstances, you know, it is very important to seek medical help and assistance and that kind of stuff. Right. And then on the other side of it, you've got more about perception and thoughts and understanding because we're never taught how to think. Right. And uh, um, so a lot of things are done on, you know, on that, on comparisons and stuff like that. That's where when you come into uh, anxiety and depression, because if you and you can share more about this, when you look at the kind of basics of a depressing anxiety. Anxiety is more about a future state, like being anxious or something that's about to come. Whereas depression is something that we've done in the past and we're holding on to it and we haven't moved move ahead in a kind of basic format, right? Um, so bringing that now into the forefront about anxiety and de- depression, let's talk a bit more about that. Well, before before I go into that, uh, first thing, just going back to- The listeners are going to be saying, damn, I want to hear this stuff. Stop hooking us. <laughs> just, just going back onto qualifying right while we're talking about this first and foremost um um i i started my martial arts journey before my great my great crash i would say so um my life completely crashed in 2003 uh and um you know i had one of the biggest breakdowns you know in my whole life you know i was I had suicidal thoughts. I was in the complete masterless state. You know, they, I had nothing. My life just collapsed. And we've t- I've talked about the uh, the journey on that in previous podcasts. So I'm not going to bore you with the details. But the point is, I've been there. I've been at the bottom of the barrel, completely full of rage and frustration. And what happens is when you go through uh, something traumatizing what happens is you get angry and one of the things that you do is you you develop strategies in your mind right and then momentary thoughts Mm. and all of a sudden you decide hey that that fucking sounds good let's go with this so one of the common things people do is self-sabotage okay so um sorry i got a bit of a cold uh so one of the the self-sabotage is you know well i've you know, you're at the bottom of the barrel, so fuck it, you know, Mm. let's just ruin everything else that, you know, is around me. Uh, And, and it's a spiral of destruction. Mm. That's what happens. And you hurt everybody around you. 
It's like as if you were an, uh, a drug addict and you know, your all your family and friends is just getting swallowed into this black hole because mm -hmm. of uh, you're going through something and you don't know how to deal with it. And you know, you're not prepared mm -hmm. to to sort sort it out. Now, the the you know, my my process happened as a consequence of me going from master lustness and then realizing actually do you know what i had something to live for and uh, i changed my strategy and i decided do you know what i need to heal and then uh cultivate mastery over the years mm. and so you know hippocrates famously said before you heal someone ask him if he or her is willing to give up the things that made him or her sick okay that's number one mm. so you have to decide right first whether you're willing if you're the one that's um needed to cultivate and heal from a mental illness uh whether you're ready to heal right it's a decision you have to choose have you got reason pick a reason it could be any reason just pick one right because it's just a choice right and you could live a successful more resourceful life right you can make more out of the gift that we've got that we call life but when you're going through it you don't care for that you want to end it you want to finish it you know and uh or you want to just wallow in i just say you know wallow in your own shit right because that's where your mind is at i know i've been there so you have to make a choice and the moment you make that choice some everything changes that one instance and it's just a second because a thought is even less than a second but it just takes that you've just got to decide and then once you have done that as hippocrates said only then only then once you're willing to give up the things that are making you sick only then will you heal so that's the first thing and what happened for me was Would you say as that's I, the same as accepting acceptance that's what things are this is where we are now we got to do something different about it well well uh prochaska and declamente all right um they they created um the the seven seven stages of change uh process and originally this seven stages of change model was designed around um uh, given up smoking mm -hmm. but later on people realized that actually breaking any habit and reprogramming the mind for from one trail of thought or one um, strategic uh, uh, mind strategy to uh, a new one goes through the same process and this is the the seven stages this is a first uh, let's go this way first one you got uh, pre-contemplation you're not aware that there's a problem there right so you're not thinking about it right then something happens right when you're in that state of unawareness or you're purposefully being ignorant and choosing not to heed any attention to that right mm -hmm. then something happens is you become aware so you go through a stage of contemplation now contemplation happens out of one or two things through inspiration right uh, somebody's inspired you or through uh, through some suffering where you've had some kind of shock now you know when if you want to if you want to help somebody right you know you can you could you could 
you could inspire them uh you can try and educate them um or you can give them some shock tactic and give them some home truths and it depends you know uh if you get through to them then they'll get into the contemplation stage mm. ultimately you can't force somebody to think anything it's it's got to be their choice then after pre uh, uh, contemplation comes uh preparation then people start doing their own research you know then when they become curious well you know what maybe i don't i'm tired of this life maybe this life is now you know becoming too tiring too fatiguing you know i've got there's nothing there's no light at the end of this tunnel maybe I, it's time you know i do something different you know as i say you know if you do the same thing you get the same result you need to do something different to get a different result right so that happens and so you do the preparation stuff then after the preparation you've got um you got your initiation right you start to actually act on uh, on on doing something so you got your action okay you take action right uh so you know the preparation might be you're looking for information on how you could deal with things or how you could like be live a different life um or what would that new life look look like feel like hear sound like um smell like taste like and so on then you start actioning that okay and actioning means my you actually you know maybe attend some classes go to a course go to a therapist you know see a doctor see a psychiatrist see an hypnotherapist whatever it might be see an energy healer whatever it might be then after that you've got to then um start to maintain it okay right so you got to maintain that pattern for a while right and i normally say uh, in the fitness industry uh they say that if you if you stick to one thing uh for 12 weeks repeat the same thing time and time again day in day out for 12 weeks 3 months right you'll develop and you have it okay mm-hmm. but the the other two uh points of the seven are number 6 is um your your relapse okay so if you relapse then you end up going back to um uh, uh, not completely the beginning because you've already in contemplation you go past contemplation and to uh, contemplate and then react so you go back to that stage right so is is that point and um it, you know it shouldn't be considered a failure it's just a lesson right mm-hmm. so people say you know if you're an alcoholic you know you fall off the wagon yeah so what then jump back on there all right I, and it doesn't have to be the same wagon just jump on a different wagon you still move in the same direction you need to go be going in right and then finally when you've done it long enough is termination okay you've completed that cycle okay uh so this is the f- seven stages of change but it all starts with you you know your mental health right starts with you deciding what what level of health you want your mind to be in and your body and your spirit and it, it is that simple but um we create strategies you know sometimes the strategies is not our problem it's not my fault it's this this that this person and that person and it's to do with this and that and the other right um so when somebody's contemplating uh, somebody in a state of mental illness um really the thing is um one thing as buddha said is um uh you know all suffering everybody suffers right and all suffering is related to attachment so first thing is what is your attachment what are you attached to are you attached to that feeling of being ill right are you attached to maybe the attention you get by being ill 
I know people that have become ill because they wanted to get attention from a loved one because they weren't getting it any other way. So if they were ill, they would get their sympathy. Okay. And they decided to stay ill and their health deteriorates because it's not sustainable and they get iller and sit and iller and iller until, you know, eventually the inevitable or along the way they think, okay, you know what? I can't make that person love me anymore because I can't control that person. That person should love me for who I am. And therefore I should be who I am. And actually I want to be healthy. I don't want to be sick anymore. Mm. And I want to heal. Right. So they decide to change something. Guess what happens? They get better. Right. Obviously it takes work. So, um, you know, it's, it's all, it all boils down to these little strategies you make up in your mind. And it's, it's that moment, that, that split second when you decide changes everything. So we're, we're, there, we're talking basically there about um, possible attachment of thoughts and we're talking about habits that we've created because anything we do, good or bad, is a habit, right? Um, so if we're going down this state, so we were talking earlier, we were about to go to talk about anxiety and depression, which in one side you can say are states of mind because anxiety is something you are doing, right? Uh, based on uh, a possible future occurrence, which you're not, uh, you, you, it's like uncertainty about a future, like, oh no, I've got to go out, this could happen, that could happen, yeah. right? And then depression is, like you said, it's almost like being attached to the thoughts and thinking, oh, why did it happen this way? Why, why couldn't it have been different and this happened? And that kind of story yeah. we're telling ourselves, right? So yeah. let's talk a bit about that. Let's talk a bit about that. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, there was a famous Buddhist monk that actually said, you know, um, uh, even the Dalai Lama talked about this as well. You know, he said that anxiety is about you worrying about things in the future, you know, um, um, and uh, uh, sadness is about you, you uh, being attached to some something unresourceful that happened in the past. Uh, and the only thing that you've got left to do is to be in the present, right? Now, being in the present is an interesting one because uh to to become present you need to go through um a process okay and that process is one of uh, what in martial arts uh, uh we call learning the art of dying now this doesn't mean you die this doesn't mean you commit suicide right this is actually to release all of those negative thoughts and emotions that you're attached to or that are attached to you because of your current mindset and the strategies that you're employing right now uh, and to release them, right? So the idea of learning the art of dying is to kill those unresourceful thoughts, those unresourceful habits, those unresourceful behaviors that you are currently employing if you've got mental, uh, a mental illness, right? To kill them so that they're, they're dead, they're gone, right? And then you're free, you liberate yourself. So that brings us on to, okay, so how do you do that? So, you know, one of the things that when I went from, through my uh, trauma and through my uh, depression and suicidal, you know, low point in life to cultivate my self-mastery was, you know, I had to go through my own process, right? And when I realized that process, actually it was a gift to me. Why? Because... I didn't realize this at the time, but I practiced martial arts to keep my body strong because I was going through complete mental 
breakdown and life breakdown. And uh, it was what I thought would keep me strong. What I didn't realize and didn't bargain for was actually not only would it keep my body strong, but it would allow me to start cultivating my mind and then cultivating my spirit. Now, the spirit word I didn't use for a long time because I was like, well, I don't know anything about that. Why would I talk about it? The mind, I didn't know anything about as well, but I started to get into it and I started to realize, hold on. And then all of a sudden, these dots start to join. And then it was after, after, I'd, kind of, after I'd got to a point of, okay, now I, I rebuilt myself up. It was kind of like the rising phoenix almost. Uh, that's when I realized, actually, do you know what? Now I know, right, how to do this. I've discovered a gift I've discovered the, these lessons throughout this journey. I, I have now got an obligation to give that gift away because I don't want other people to suffer like I did. And if somebody is, is ready to let go of the things that make them sick, then I can help them. Then the things, the materials and the teachings that we've created, the books that I actually showed you guys, the Master Life nine-step um, modular video course that we've got that covers all of that can help people then why wouldn't I? It's my, it's, my, um, it's my divine duty to help other fellow human beings, right? To do that, to heal, right? And to step into their truest potential, uh, to step into their ruchi, because that's what martial arts was all about. It's a way of life. It's not about kicking and punching the shit out of people, right? And pardon my French, but do you know, that's what people think it is, right? It's the ego attachment. And forget about ego for a moment, because when you get sick, when you get punched in the face, that ego disappears very quickly. All right. All right. Very, very quickly. You get slapped by a, by a, by a parent, by your mom or something. Guess what? You're going to feel small. Why? What happens? The ego diminishes in a second. Right. Why? Because it's an adjuster. All right. So you just need to kind of give yourself a bit of a slap uh, and put, put things in a perspective. So it was then that I decided I would train in in um, in the healing arts so hypnosis uh, hypnotherapy nlp um, mediumship energy healing chi abdominal massage uh, healing and and for, for becoming a personal trainer and uh, crossfit coach and so on because i wanted to heal the body heal the heal the mind and heal the spirit hence why all of those modalities were covered mm. right so that that was a reason for that but here's the thing to heal, you have to be healed. As I say, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Healed people, heal people. So you have to be in that point in the first place, right? So when it comes to, right, being in this position where, you know, you this is the now, this is the present, right? This is the future. This is things that you might worry about, be anxious about. And, and this is the past, things about things that didn't work out for you, but you're sad and depressed and, you know, potentially still suffering from. How do you center yourself? How do you get back into the middle? How do you learn the art of dying? Well, it all starts with um, with the mind. Okay, it all starts with the mind. If the mind is the thing that's creating the problems, it's the thing that can solve the problems as well. But how do you do it? Would you say it's the mind, or would you say it's the brain function? I, I you know, the thing is, like, bear with me. Uh, it's like. It's like saying, you know, a brain function is like saying, uh, this is my bicep function, right? My bicep function is to do this and to do this. Uh, is to, is to um, uh, 
um, is to contract my arm so that I can I can uh, flex it up. Okay, all right. That's it. All right. Your brain function is to to uh, to control your neurological system within your body. Right. The the so you think a thought and you want your limbs to do a certain thing. Okay. Right. It's it's like a muscular action, but it's neurological action. The mind is much greater than that, okay? So what I pick, how I move my hand, what I want to create, if I'm a painter, how I'm going to use bicep is much bigger than just doing this. It's right? like encapsulation of everything. Yeah, exactly, right? It's, it's in, 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 in martial arts, Bruce Lee would call it, you know, you've got the, 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 the you know, you've got the, the, the stage of the art, right? And you've got the stage of the artlessness, Right, which is, you know, the art is where you're cultivating the techniques and so on, right? And then the artlessness is one is it just happens, right? And I'll give you another example, right? Like a painter, right? The art, the art stage would be where you need to cultivate the ability to hold a paintbrush, to apply paint to the brush, to apply that that to the canvas, and then try and create certain type of effects on the canvas. Right? The artlessness stage is the stage where you would create uh, uh, a landscape drawing, uh, a portrait picture of somebody, an abstract painting, uh, a painting, uh, you know, that comes from your mind, right? It's your creation of something that's far greater than just the, your ability to hold a paintbrush, apply paint to the brush and apply the, that to the canvas to create certain effects. It's much bigger than that. You're creating something that's going to communicate a whole new thing to somebody else, right? Now, that's that's the difference between the brain and the mind right your mind mind is just so much bigger than that it's um so to heal the mind from illness uh we have to start learn how how to do that and um you know if i may go into that now that part of it is where all of the secrets lie okay now we've already shared with you the the most fundamental uh point of uh going from mental illness to mental health and i mean uh we talk about mental health but actually we're referring to mental illness right it's funny right right we're referring to something that actually it isn't right when we say mental health we're talking about somebody that's mentally unhealthy mm. so shouldn't we really call it mentally uh, mental unhealth so mm. anyway <laughs> right or health just as as uh, as a as a almost um a gauge to where are you on where that you? ill to to healthy uh, continuum right mm -hmm. um so the the key thing is is that um you need to decide right that you want to heal that's paramount ultimately paramount secondly is um as I said, hurt people hurt people, healed people heal people, is seeking advice, right, and good counsel and coaching from somebody that is in a resourceful state, yep. right? Somebody that's healed, whole, and healthy, okay? Right, that can give you um, the information and the advice and the, the, uh, the exercises that you need to cultivate your mind, okay, to health to back to full health, okay? Now that person should be qualified, okay? That person should have, um, should have uh, um, uh, a, a good track record of uh, helping people 
in a positive yeah. manner. The knowledge, the understanding. Uh, uh, absolutely. And even results, even results with potentially the people that worked with or they've put people through that. Just like just a perfect example is the martial art instructor who trains the students, right? Um, yeah. You know, they're putting them through that kind of pace as well. Um, and because they've gone through it themselves, you know, and if they're a good teacher, they're going to guide the students in a good way, which is, you know, another topic for another conversation. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, we already talked, I think we mentioned, you know, <clears throat> when the when the, the student is ready, the teacher appears. But like you said, that's for another podcast. But um, so, so start with that. And then then once you've decided, then then you go on that path. Now, you know, I've always said this right there's many roads to edinburgh just choose one right which path you're going to choose i you know i help people to cultivate the body the mind and the spirit using a martial arts tool set okay so we use martial arts physical motion mental motion spiritual motion right uh in order to cultivate those aspects okay of a person of a of a, of a being okay um and um so the I want to share the nine-step process very, very quickly, okay? So, so you can kind of get an idea for, for the, the process, how it works, how it looks, and it how, how you go through that. Go from an unhealthy state to a healthy state. In Absolutely. The thinking, right? Absolutely. So if you were, gonna, if you were to decide to, take a, to use a martial arts tool set, uh, to cultivate self-mastery. And like I said, self-mastery for me is a, a, a coinage of words that encapsulates the body, the mind, and the spirit, okay? Mm. Uh, the, the, more, the, the spiritual aspect of uh, self-mastery, uh, I would also kind of go one step further to say that's actually part of the self-realization aspect of the self, okay? Mm. But when it comes to the initial self-mastery, the body and the, spirit, uh, the mind, I would say, first of all, you've got to start with stillness, okay? Uh, this is really your ability to um, quieten the mind but your mind will never be 100% quiet, right? Until you get a really spiritual advanced spiritual stage, okay? But up until then, you can get you the idea of stillness is to be one with your thoughts as they are without being embroiled in the storm, okay? And that's what you said earlier about, you know, the to get into a present state where you, you know, where you're here right now. That's, as opposed to that's you, right. When we spoke about where, you know, if you're on a timeline, you could be in the past, or you could be in the future, but if you're here right now, then that's stillness almost um, getting present, right? Absolutely. I call it stillness, you know, and as part of the stillness, right, the, you know, the thing you need to understand about stillness, it's not about sitting still in one place, okay? You have, you have sitting, sitting stillness, right? You have moving stillness, or what I call stillness in motion, okay? So if you did something like Tai Chi, you did something like yoga, you did something like martial arts, you did something like dance, there is a meditative effect that's happening inside you, uh, outside you, right, as you do that, right? Yeah. And, and that allows you to kind of separate your thoughts, right from from your your mind and you separate you from your mind even further still because you're first of all one you're not your body even though you think you are right imagine it is a garment that you wear when you die you you drop those garments right and they'll decay and decompose in this physical plane but then your spirit carry, carries on and it might wear a new set of clothes in a different lifetime right um so you've got that aspect of things second thing is you are not your mind right so what does that mean well 
you know, most people, right, would put their hand up and say, have you ever thought about killing somebody? And most people say, yes, so-and-so pissed me off. Oh, I felt like killing them, right? Did you? That's a whole new question, right? Mm -hmm. And the outcome to that is most of the time, 99.9% of the time, people say, no, I didn't, right? Why? Because they're not murderers, right? Most people don't want to kill and take human life. They want to preserve and heal and nurture human life. Right. So so if you did everything your mind thought to make you your mind, then you would have killed a lot of people. Right. Mm -hmm. If you had road rage, you'd have a lot of dead people. Right. Um, that uh, whoever ever cut you up in a car or whatever it might be would cease to exist. But obviously you don't do that. Therefore, you are not your mind. Right. You might think it, but you are not your mind. So the idea of stillness is you remove so let me do it so you can see my hands you first of all you remove yourself from your body and then you remove yourself from the mind okay uh, and then you you kind of like a fly on the wall looking at your your mind and looking at your mind in your body right sitting wherever it's sitting that, okay. could you say that another way of looking at that is just um um it's like you said it's becoming aware of what's actually going on in your mind and what thoughts are popping up and you know because that, that there was a good question posed once is like um where do your thoughts come from, right? Yeah. Like, where do they come from? They, they're coming from somewhere within yourself. Uh, but like you said, most of the time, because we're running in this kind of past, present timeline, yeah. we're not aware of, and we're running on autopilot as opposed to thinking, well, hang on a minute, why, what did that thought pop up? What is that about? Yeah. You know, yeah. why am I acting on this? What's going on here? It's, it's almost like tuning into that as opposed to um, being like total stillness where nothing exists, right? Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> so, you know, that what happens is when you do that is you learn um, not to be judgmental. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's one of the side effects, right? Or what I say, the side benefits of practicing stillness. Okay. Um, and uh, you also allow things to just be, allow your thoughts to just be, right? So if you've got a chaotic mind, right, let it be. It's fine. The thing is, watch it. I call it mind cinema, right? It's like watching... Uh, a movie at the cinema right it's just playing and you sit in your seat watching it eating popcorn right or having a drink whatever you whatever you like to you know um confection you like right but that's what it's like it's like you're watching your own movie of your mind do that right so that's stillness and the the, the practices behind that we've all heard of mindfulness and meditation and so on they're all integrated practices as part of that but they're different levels of meditation mm. mindfulness is just an entry-level meditation right for the beginner and then you got meditation and people say what kind of meditation do you do and this is i think is the most stupid question ever because a meditation is how many thoughts can you have mm. well it's infinite right so you can have a meditation for an infinite number of thoughts right yeah. so you know the meditations depend right on what intention you have behind it Okay. Right. So the program takes you through that. So you can kind of understand that. But like I said, there's many different ways, routes to go there. Right. Second, right. Stage is uh, what I call empty your teacup. Now this is about opening your mind. Okay. <clears throat> you cannot, you cannot uh, create a new outcome if you're going to be rigid in the way you think mm -hmm. you have to start allowing uh, for you to take on a new way of being which means you've got to allow new tea into your 
empty teacup otherwise you can't put more tea into a full teacup that's the whole idea right so like, it's like um it's, it's like uh, you know when you recommend a book to someone for example right and they're like yeah yeah cool yeah whatever whatever but it's like that that the teacup is full at that moment in time right so instead of being like yeah yeah whatever or they think they know what's going on why not empty that teacup put it down pick up a book you know and read it and absorb that information right absolutely absolutely and that, that's that's exactly it right there so so opening your mind to new possibilities right is about empty your teacup uh, and you know again you know you can't force somebody to change their mind it's got to be your decision like i said right at the beginning you know you've got to be willing to let go of the things that are making you sick in order to make a change right i always say all help is self help in other words you must be willing to help yourself right to heal okay only then will it happen and i cannot put enough emphasis on this when i first started on this healing journey i really wanted to help people I really wanted to help people. I was getting frustrated. Why can't I, why, why can't I, more people, why are more people coming to me to, for help? You know, uh, I can see all these people, you know, are sick. I want to help them. I want to help them. And you want to like shove it down their throat and you get frustrated. And then you realize in your, in your naivety that actually they were not ready for it. Mm. And then you sit back and say, all right, let them come to me. When they come to me, then I'll be able to help them. But they must be in a state where they're, where they're ready to receive. Mm. right is it and guess what i am not kidding you 100% success rate mm. but if you try and force something on somebody forget about it if you're a statistics person and you want a 100% success rate for healing people then you won't get that if you're forcing your help on people all good intentions at heart i get it but you won't you won't you won't create that transformation change why because they're not ready Third point. Um, sorry, I just wanted to add to that because when you're saying that, I was just thinking in my mind, right? I was just thinking that um, it's like when you say, you know, empty your teacup kind of thing. Is if you relate to it like a situation that somebody's in, right? There's a whole bunch of thoughts, feelings, emotions that got them to that place in the first place, right? Yeah. And that got them into that place, and now we know that they say until until you actually like look at that thing, hang on, what am I doing? What what's actually got me to this place? Until you're actually ready to look at that and put certain things away and throw them out, empty your teacup. Yeah, you're not going to be able to put new habits in place or new thoughts and feelings and emotions, right? That's right. So it's very important that people look at that and think, hang on a minute, this ain't serving me no more. It's not good for me to be thinking anxiety thoughts because it means I can't go out and enjoy the food I want to eat, for example, or connect with, you know, people I want to meet as opposed to the people I am hanging out with kind of thing, right? That's so right. that empty teacup, that's how we can relate to it is like, okay, what junk or mess or thought situations got us there? Is this really useful for us? Is this just baggage to how do we get rid of this so we can empty that teacup? Absolutely. 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 I think <clears throat> um, it's, it's, again, it's part of the process it's, and it's recognizing that. Okay. Uh, which leads us on to the, the third point, which is what I call possess an eagle eye. And this is really about, <laughs> I like to say, don't look, see. Now, if I use an example of my son, if I say, hey, can you get something from the cabinet? You know, um, you know, he'll go looking for it. He won't see it. It'll be right in front of his nose, you know, right under his nose, right? <laughs> right, right. So you have that. You have, uh, you know, if you're looking for a partner, right? You look for a partner, you're looking hard, you know, 
you don't find find that find your partner uh but it's when you think ah oh, sod it man I, you know i'm not looking anymore and then bang you just notice you see what you see and there he or she is right and that's how it happens it's mo- normally when people are not looking and they just see things for what they are so possessing eagle eye is really about becoming perceptive right it's really about seeing not looking looking is training but seeing all right it's the famous saying our dear friend marilyn comes up with right notice what you notice <laughs> yeah absolutely it's all, always about noticing what you're noticing it's just having that awareness around around uh, things that are happening inside you and outside of you and uh, tuning into that no definitely it's like um i mean like just to share for example is like sometimes you're going about doing something right and there's this you're doing something but there's this niggly feeling or thought something inside you like it's like you've you know you had a conversation for example with someone and they mentioned a book as an example right and you've gone away but that name of that book keeps coming up in your mind do you keep thinking about it for some reason that is you noticing no, you know notice what you notice it's becoming yeah. aware of what you've just hang on what you what are you picking up here have you actually paid any attention to that you know that's, right. that's another element of it right that's right i mean it's, it's also linked to our reticular ac- activated system right which is <clears throat> you know if you let's just say you buy a new car right you buy a a blue car okay what's going to happen is as you drive on the road you're going to start noticing every single blue car as you're driving and you'll be like wow there's so many blue cars out there i didn't realize i never noticed all these blue cars well the reason for that is because your brain is now f- fixated on blue cars and it's going to pick up and say send you signals saying blue 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 right and you'll see these blue cars everywhere but they were always there you just didn't pay any notice and didn't have any meaning in your life um so it's really about once you create that awareness you create that uh perceptiveness then you'll start seeing things for what they are right uh without you trying too hard okay um and then you know we go on to stage 4 which is what i call think and become mm-hmm. now this is you know a lot of my work is actually was initially inspired on uh, by Dr. Napoleon Hill's work he was a famous writer of the book called Think and Grow Rich and uh, you my dear brother JT was the one that recommended I read that <clears throat> and uh, this was uh, you know good you know god knows how many years ago now uh, well over well over a dozen years ago now mm-hmm. and um uh, i remember this one key statement uh, stuck in my mind uh, about um Napoleon Hill and that was uh, what the man can conceive and believe he can achieve. Um now this is think and become is really based on that and the idea is is you need to get yourself into a state of believing that whatever you want to achieve you can. Right? And you know you need to think success to be success. But there's a process behind that and we go through the process behind that uh to to really uh achieve that thing that you are aiming for uh you know without going into that right now um you know the 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 strategies and the process that we go through is part of that is 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 detailed um and it's quite simple because there's there's four key components to that but you know uh, I'm, i uh, encourage people that are interested in that to go and have a look at that chapter and it's chapter 4 think and become which will take you into that but ultimately the end result of that is believe right believe but there's some things around that that you also need to do 
okay, in order to bolster that, right? The, and one of the so, one of the. So I, I remember one of my uh, mentors talking about that uh, some time ago, and, and he said, like, if you if you listen to that statement, it's very important the the order in which it's said because it's wherever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. So the idea has to actually be able to go in them, the mind, the brain in the first place. It's like what yeah. you're saying, right? Um, it's like notice what you notice, bring it into your mind in the first place. And then when you can when you can believe it and it becomes like almost, yeah, that's possible, you can achieve it. That's right. <clears throat> and the only thing I'd like to add to that is, <clears throat> you know, belief on its own is useless. So there has to be action, right? Absolutely. It has to be action, right? So uh, you have to take massive action, right, to get massive results. You get massive results, it reinforces your beliefs, it reinforces your beliefs, you're going to take even more massive action. And it's actually, instead of a circle, uh, a spiral of destruction, you get, this is a spiral of what I would call spiral of creation, okay? Mm. It's the complete antithesis to that, okay? So um, it's important that, you know, belief is one thing, you can't just you know sit on your laurels or sit in your room or wherever you wherever you are and be complacent that just by believing something is going to happen you have to move towards it you have to put some energy into it right you can put your mind energy into it right you can put your spiritual energy into it but you also need to put physical energy into it as well okay because in order to draw that towards you you've got to act towards it okay then the uh, the the fifth uh, step is what I call wata, okay? And wata obviously is Bruce's ki sound, okay? When he hits something, he makes that noise. And really what it talks about is conquering your fears, right? And the idea is the things that like, stop Say it like you said it in the workshop. Hey? Say it like you said it in the workshop once. Oh, oh the, the, the actual title for the... No, for no, the, the ki say it. Say the way you said it in the workshop. ki So um, the actual teaching behind this... No, no. Wada! Uh, wada! <laughs> right? So, so she, Wata is interesting because Bruce uses uh, Kiai. They call it the, the cries of war, or the scream of war. That's what Kiai means. And um, there is a physiological mechanism behind that. And I truly believe Bruce Lee knew what he was doing when he was doing this. And really, it, it, it is tapping into you understanding your your fear system, okay, your adrenal system, and using that, right, to not be fearful of the fear itself, but using the energy that fear is creating, which is what the adrenal dump is, is a whole kind of like, almost like a, a, a nos being injected into your body, right, for instantaneous fuel, right, to fight, fly, or freeze, right? Um, to you rather than rather than uh fight rather than because you know you can't always fight you know it's not always a combative situation right or even if it's a non-combative situation say in a work or an education establishment or with your partner you don't want to fight right always um it's not always about running away your flight it's not always about freezing because sometimes that's all, also not the best uh response but it's about converting that energy and using it in a positive way, okay? And that's what Wata is all about. So conquering your fears. And like I said, is we are scared. We fear fear itself. And that's what stops us. 
we get in our own way. Say that the, the reason I said to shout it out was because um, like one, I, I encourage you guys to try that. Right, just do it. See what happens when you when you do that. You'll feel your whole body. You know, it, you'll, it, it's like a you'll feel it. And then on the other side is somebody who hears it will also feel it as well, right? So it's about that uh, bringing almost that whole thing alive within yourself. Um, yeah. And a feeling, feeling it. That's why. That's why I needed to shout it out, Alex. <laughs> right. no, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, you know, like like JT said, you know, give it a shot. Um, but the 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 your adrenal response that's taking place as a consequence of you getting scared is something that you can control, right? Now, sometimes you can't control when that uh, happens because it's a, an autonomous response, right? So involuntary, it happens by itself. So if something scares you, that that's going to kick off. But the, the thing is, most people are not aware of the sensation of the adrenaline um, a physiological response in the body and start to kind of really um i behave unresponsively or behave unresourcefully right so you don't really put the best side forwards you know i've seen i've seen people in um uh, critical situations uh, for example i was in a restaurant and i remember there was a, a gentleman uh, with his family his wife and two boys uh, in a in a in a in a ceviche restaurant uh, a fish restaurant and uh, a bone got stuck in his throat and the whole restaurant froze. The whole restaurant froze. The waiters froze. The manager in the wa- in the restaurant froze. Everyone, uh, you know, thing was, I'm used to being in a fair situation, and I, you know, my instant reaction was calm, go up, Heimlich maneuver, and that bone popped out. I didn't see it pop out, but I knew it popped out because the guy could breathe. Uh, and it is in, in that moment in time, you know, this whole. Mar- what I call martial mind power, using the martial mindset and the power that it embodies is, is there to save lives, you know, it's to save your life, to cultivate your life, your body, your mind, your spirit, but also other people. You understand your free response when you're in a situation like that, whether it's a loved one, uh, a, a family member, for instance, a child or uh, a fellow uh, human being or even animal, right, in the world, you know, you'll have the the uh, a way to deal with it calmly right you won't freak out and that's what happens people freak out so that's what what is teaching us right and then the this the sixth step is what i call honestly express yourself so this is based on bruce's quotes i mean obviously the book is inspired by bruce lee and the whole process and that's really the art that kind of got me where i where where, where i got to and honestly express yourself is really about you being authentic to yourself the problem is, right, you know, people that are in an unresourceful state don't say what they mean. Therefore, they never mean what they say, right? So you end up in a, in a loop, a vicious circle. The, the, the secret to it is how can you be authentically yourself, right, but still not piss people off, still not upset people, right? And it, this part of uh, the process is really about your, your communication, and you also not only just communication with others, but in order to communicate with others authentically, you need to have a communication with yourself. You need to understand yourself. So uh, honestly expressing yourself is first of all, being honest with who you are. You have to know yourself before you know others, right? You have to know yourself before you know your enemy in combat, mm. right? Otherwise, how are you going to fight someone if you don't know how to control yourself? 
right? Um, in this case, we're not talking about always combat. Like, you know, martial arts, you know, people put too much emphasis on combat um, and fighting. It's not always about fighting. We already said, you know, you got the fighting part of it. You got the healing part of it, right? The two sides of the coin, you can't set, you know, can't separate them. They're, the coin is indivisible. And what's, uh, what's interesting about that, what you just said there is like when you, when you talk about combat, for example. So when you relate it back to like mental health, for example, the situation that you're going through is almost like a combat scenario in itself. Yeah, if you're going up against depression, you're going up against anxiety. If you don't know yourself, right? Like, well, how am I going to deal with? Well, how do I? Well, how can I get into a resourceful state? How are you going to combat those situations and scenarios, right? That's so right. it's good to know what these things are, these states are, these issues, what they are, how they come about, and then how you can actually deal with them with the resources you have within yourself, right? That's right. And you know, something really important happens when you honestly express yourself. Two things, right? One, you have integrity, right? You are integrous to yourself, right? That means no matter what, right, you'll maintain your own integrity. This doesn't mean you have to fight to maintain your integrity. It means you act integrously and you'll, you'll stick to your own virtues, right? And the second one is you have congruency. This means you have alignment between your body, your mind, and your spirit, right? So nothing can put that out of the whack. And if it does shift slightly, you can put it back in because you know where your center is, right? It's really and important. Another example of that is like comparisons, for example, when, when we make comparisons of our life compared to other people, because some people have these situations, right? They're looking at their life in comparison to other people and then feeling sad and depressed and anxious about these situations and they're, they're, they're making this comparison but the comparison isn't you it's not no. being authentic because no. their life is their life they're going to go through their experiences right so why are you comparing yourself to um something that's not even real for you you know right. so ignore that don't worry about that you go back yeah. like you said get truthful and authentic with yourself because that's the only way you can be authentic is when you honestly express yourself right yeah that's right one of the things that happens when you're trying to be authentic is uh and again, you know, each of these uh, steps in the in the process of self mastery is a huge topic on its own. Uh, so you know, we can you know really expand on each of these. But one of the things about being authentic is that you don't become a wanker, yeah, All right. And I'm, I'm going to have to say it because you know, by being authentic, it doesn't mean that your way is the only way, mm. right? It means that you you're honoring yourself, but the congruency and you have congruency with yourself. But there there is a third point. And I'm going to bring that up. And that's ecology. You have an ecology with your environment and everybody in it. So you create a win-win. You know, you, there is give and take, right? When, when um, in life, there's compromise in whatever you do. You can't always have everything your way. Everything can't be just about you. It's about everyone in it right and as, as a consequence um you know it's about acting integrously acting congruency but acting with ecology as well but you can do that nicely like i said you don't have to be a wanker about it you can be nice about it i can be nice about be kind be compassionate about about um communicating right and remember yeah, that's that, the key right? thing you've just said there lax because you know you said be right because on one side if you're acting you're not really being authentic isn't it yeah. So if you're being, like you're saying, if you're being it, yeah. You know, um, a nice analogy you have is when you teach in your classes, you talk about Bruce Lee saying, don't punch, be the punch, right? Yeah. It's right. when you're being it is, it, you can't, that is you. That's a true, true expression of yourself. It's not acting. It's not, it's, it's a pure, authentic be, doing and being, right? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the beauty about this is, is, you know, um, one of the, one of the, 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 insp- the first ever inspirational book I ever received from anyone was from my father-in-law, who actually is, is a published uh, author himself. He's published a poem. And um, I guess, you know, uh, unconsciously that stuck with me and probably is one of the reasons that, you know, ended up writing. Um, and, uh, you know, he gave me uh, his copy of uh, Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And, you know, in the end, you know, the, people have known about this all along, mm. but it's part of your self-mastery is in you being able to have that dialogue, that inner communication with yourself so that you can have that with other people. Remember, like I said, I'm going to go back to this, right? If you don't mean what you say, you'll never, you'll never say what you mean, mm. right? And you'll have a constant inner battle. So, you know, honestly expressing yourself is really important. And that leads us on to, on to uh, step seven. And step seven is uh, be like water. And be like water is really once all of those things, all of those, those steps that come before that are in alignment, then the idea is to start getting into the flow, flow, be like water, right? And the idea about being like water is, you know, is, you know, water doesn't attach itself to anything. It just keeps moving. But when water becomes stale, it becomes stagnant. Now, we're taking the analogy of water and saying, okay, so how are we going to uh, employ the properties and behavior of water in our life so that we can be fluid? Now, the ultimate outcome of being in the flow or in a peak state is that you are not attached to anything. We already spoke about learning the art of dying right? About releasing the things that you're attached to, right? And then the ultimate outcome is to be in the flow, right? But when you're in the flow and everybody's experiences at some point, you think something, bang, it just happens. And you think, wow, that was easy. That just happened. Man, you didn't have to do anything, right? Um, And whatever you did do seems insignificant compared to the outcome because it's so magnified, in, in, in its outcome, in, its, uh, in the result. And that's what be, being in the flow is all about, is you are surrendering to what is. You, you, there's, a, there's a belief in who you are, what you are, how you do it, how you say it, uh, and how you're being it. And then the be, uh, getting into the flow is just doing it. And it's about having that presence. So th- we talked about earlier about the, the past and being attached to you know your sadness and uh, your depression the living in the future being about worry and anxiety but living in in the present is just being and doing just do you right and that's 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 be that war okay so flow finding your flow number eight okay so eight all right Step eight is about uh, what I call power side forwards. So this is now starting getting to getting into you using the the gifts that you've been given and recognizing those, but also using uh, recognizing skills that you need to gain, upskilling in certain areas uh, to get into the space that you need to be in to serve in the way you need to serve. All right. So this is you putting yourself in your position of highest strength, highest power, highest servitude, okay? So what is that? Uh, also as part of this is about kind of revealing who you are, 
right? And um, uh, I'll talk about this when we go on to the self-realization aspect of things, but really it's about tapping into your true high self, okay? True, authentic high self. And, um, you know, we have to be careful that a lot of people get caught up in goals. You know, this is my goal. This is my success. And most of it's all bullshit, to be fair, because uh, most of the goals are built around materialistic um, achievements, Okay, I want this much money, I want this car, this, I want this house, this boat, whatever it is, you know. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'd also like to qualify that. There's nothing wrong with that. But that is not what it's all about. You know, Kabir, it wasn't Kabir, um, give me a second, I wrote uh, Mark Twain. He said, the two most important days in your life are... Number one, the day you're born. Number two, the day you find out why. Mm. Okay. Now that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about why you're here, right? It's, you could call it purpose. Okay. But ultimately, why are you on mother earth? What have you come here to do? What have you come here to learn? What have you come here to evolve? What have you come here to ascend? And out of that, what lesson will you learn so that you can gift that to somebody else once you've discovered your gift, right? That's then your obligation to give it away. And um, like I did with self-mastery, self-realization, right? We're here talking about it, giving it away and helping others uh, like yourself uh, to get into a place uh, where you're tapping into your truest potential, right? Uh, and it's interesting, it. isn't it interesting like what you said before about you know when you start to ask those questions about being like when you honestly express yourself and you're going inwards right and you're not now comparing yourself with anybody else and, you, and you're living you know on that kind of uh, authentic path now you're starting to you know you, you got you got the ability now and to to tap into your why like why are you actually doing these things right yeah. Um, because once you're connecting to that, now the meaning of everything just becomes just so much more. Um, yeah. And it's not it's not based on comparison. It's not based on somebody else. It's based on you, right? And your gifts, your authentic self, and your being, and what you bring into the world. Absolutely. I, I think also to add to that, you know, competition. I think or being in a competitive mindset and that I, you know, I grew up being very competitive. Um, I think it's also an illness as well, by the way, <clears throat> I think there's, there's healthy comp competition, right. And uh, it's, it's circumstantial as well. So if you're playing a sport, I get it. Right. Um, but there's, there's a point where actually when you are authentically trying uh, authentically being yourself, not even trying being yourself, trying is not, quite being there okay trying is you're not going to do it trying is given up uh, but being it by doing it is um just to to do to be yourself and therefore there is no competition mm. right uh it's not because you think you're better than anyone else it's just that you are serving in your highest capacity you are being the best version of you and putting your best side forwards and giving the best of yourself to others when you do that then then that's who you are. That's you serving in your highest light. As a, you know, many, um, many spiritual masters will say to you, right, the highest service in mankind is serving others. You can only serve others when you've got something to serve, 
right? question is what is that the thing that you're serving and that is your why why are you here when you know why you're here that thing that you're serving will become clear and then you give it then you serve it okay <clears throat> so that's why i always say you know when you discovered your gift you have got an obligation to give it away okay so that's that's the power side forwards part of things and then i'm going to go into the last step which is uh, step nine which is staying ahead Okay, and uh, staying ahead is really about you understanding to be in flow and within the flux of the cosmos. Uh, you understanding your rhythm of your life, you understand, and then just being with it. There's a surrender that you have to have with it. You know, if you try and control everything, guess what? You'll be hugely disappointed. Um, a, a lot of people that I've met that have got mental illness. Uh, suffer because of the attachment. The attachment gives them a sense of control, mm. right? Give up control and allow yourself to be vulnerable. Take ownership and responsibility for happening in your life and choose a new outcome and then go through that process in the end just to swim in the ocean of consciousness. Let it be right but you know you that doesn't mean that you can't have a strategy on how you want to move through life what what rhythms what rhythm you want to uh, uh and what music you want to dance to in your life and and you may decide to change the music so you might decide to move differently but that's okay because now you start to become playful with who you are and where your life is going it's like you're, it's like you're saying about it's, it's almost like your perceptions isn't it like almost like looking at something from a different point of view in a different way um and just change the perception and it's like trajectory if you even if you change something by one degree by the time it gets to a certain distance it's way off direction right so like going forward and change one degree and by the time you get a mile ahead or something it's going to be in a totally different direction it's like perception change it can change the trajectory of your life <laughs> you know what you're you are so right and it's it is it is that simple <clears throat> it is that simple um when you know how um it's that simple that, in its complexity <laughs> but, but it, you know yeah, dan and santa was one of one of bruce's um, authorized uh, teachers and dan asked um dan asked um dan asked uh, bruce he said you know you know describe describe uh, your art martial art and he had a wallet and he threw the wallet and he caught the wallet right and he said <clears throat> he said okay right so you, what was your objective objective was to catch wallet okay good but you could have caught it this way right you could have caught it this way you could have caught it with two hands you could have moved to the left you could have moved to the right right you could have squatted you could have jumped and caught it you know depending on how high it was right either way the objective is to catch it right that is it right it's just to get the end result that's that's what counts making it work um in addition to that he said the thing is right the thing about jeet kundo is it's simple the good thing about jeet kundo is simple the bad thing about jeet kundo is simple we make the simplest things our human mind makes the simplest things complex Okay, it's got an innate ability to try and overcomplicate over the most simplest things, right? Um, for its own validity, I guess, right? 
who knows? No one would ever really know why it's overcomplicating things, right? We've only got speculation. Uh, so uh, really, it's ultimately about simplifying things. So, you know, Bru Bruce left his beautiful teachings that hack away the unessential, you know, like uh, when you when you have a sculptor that has a big block of rock or let's just say marble, he has to chisel away to reveal a the sculpture of a uh, a beautiful lady or a, or a handsome man uh, or a child or whatever, whatever the person, the sculptor is trying to sculpt and bring out that. But that only happens by taking unessential parts of the marble away. And that's ultimately what we are trying to do in our life is to really kind of reveal who we are in that block of marble that we are uh, initially, um, that we can't recognize ourselves inside it. So, so that's kind of the, the, the mindset behind that. So um, coming back to staying ahead is, you know, um, once, you, once you've kind of attuned yourself to who you are, then it's just living it, just being it. You know, my son was seven when um, we did a stillness retreat, retreat uh, years ago. Mm. And uh, our, JT, you'll remember this. We asked him a question. He said, what is the meaning of life? seven-year-old turned around and he and he said living one word that is it you know we, we can learn a lot from children because they they are the most simplest practical straightforward beings you know all this uh, over complication maybe just be caused by the process of growing up and the process that we go through during our education the education system the environment, who knows? There's many factors, a multitude of factors. But I could tell you one thing. If you want to hear a home truth, ask a young, innocent, pure, innocent child, okay, uh, that's untainted by traumas and sufferings in life, and you'll get a truth that will hit you right behind, between the eyes. And it'll be refreshingly simple and liberating. I remember that. I remember that when we were filming it, right? We asked that question, yeah, and um, he said it, and and it was just like the whole point of the workshop was all about stillness, right? And when we went there, he said it. We had a laugh and giggle, like, "Oh my god, he just said something so profound." And then there was a moment of stillness, isn't it? Like contemplation, like thinking, "Yeah, wow, we don't need to carry on with the rest of the workshop." <laughs> So, so yeah, that the, the actual, the, the story behind that was we also asked him, he was, like I said, he was seven at the time. We asked him the question, so what does stillness mean to you? A seven-year-old kid who's hyperactive, like got a lot of energy, right? Cannot sit still. He sat still for, I would say, two, three minutes. Didn't say a single word. Yeah. And we just looked at each other like gobsmacked, like, uh, I guess we got the answer, you know. <laughs> but we didn't see, we didn't kind of get the answer straight away. Until a while we thought, well, he's just being still. Like, he's just gone into that state and being it, yeah. and doing it, and that's it. Yeah. And it was, it was magical. Um, so, you know, how learn from children if you've got children learn from them they are our greatest teachers honestly we can learn so much from them and anything that you don't like about the behavior in the children is a reflection of something you did 
or somebody else in their environment did that's just been thrown right back at you, reflected right back at you. And um, if you don't like something and you're in the immediate environment, then it's probably part of you. So, yeah, you know, so uh, be careful what you do around children because yep. you have a, such a huge influence. Definitely. So, so the, I mean, they, they, they're the nine core stages of the self-mastery process, but then we've got the self-realization. And, um, you know, self-realization is really answering that question about who am I uh, and why am I here on this uh, on Mother Earth? What am I here to do? Uh, and that, you know, I call it your true authentic high self and um, it, kind of discovering that and then uh, tapping into that, that true servitude is your highest the highest point that you can be in and serve in. Uh, and there's a beautiful um, a bit of writing by Sri Ramana Maharashi. And it, he was asked a question, how can I attain self-realization? And his response was, realization is nothing to be gained afresh. It is already there. All that is necessary is to get rid of the thought I have not realized. Stillness or peace is realization. There is no moment when the self is not. So long as there is doubt or the feeling of non-realization, the attempt should be made to rid oneself of these thoughts. They are due to the idea of the self with the not-self. When the not-self disappears, the self alone remains. To make room, it is enough that objects be removed. Room is not bought from elsewhere. Mm. okay so i wanted to share that with you guys because you know what that's telling you in a nutshell is it's always been in you mm. okay right the answers have always been in you the self has always been in you is is it time are you ready to start to connect with that that really is the point that really is the main question have you decided to do that? And for all the things that you blame, um, for whatever's happened in your life in the past, right? This is your time to now take ownership for everything that's happened, every suffering that you've experienced in life, no matter how grueling, horrific it might have been, right? Is to take ownership and responsibility for your life right now. Only you can change you. Only you can change the outcome that's happening. Remember we spoke about earlier on, if you do the same thing, you get the same outcome. If you do something different, you get a different outcome, right? So that's the idea, right? If you don't like what's happening on a daily basis, then change it to create a new outcome. Mm -hmm. But what are you going to change? You have to decide, right? You have to decide and then go through that cycle of uh, self-mastery and then, and then see what happens. Yeah, no, absolutely, Lex. I think that's like so amazing for you to share that because it's like we said, when we, when we in a certain situation, something happens, right? And it causes a situation, a scenario within ourselves. The, the reason we can't, or we feel stuck is because we don't know what to do, right? We don't mm. know how to deal with it or what, what that means, right? Um, and the only way to figure that out is to then figure out a way to do it but the way to do that is to actually learn is to reach out connect with others you know get new information inside your brain right yeah. new ways of looking at things because like we said like whatever got you there is not what you have to use to get out of that it's like what lax was sharing right um so 
you know, bring in new concepts, new ideas, new information into the mind and your mind and your life will change because it's that thing, right? Whatever you can um, conceive and believe, you can achieve it. So if you conceive a new idea, like we might say, go get, you know, and read Lax's nine step book because what we shared you is just a tip of the iceberg and there's so many more secrets <laughs> inside the books, right? Like if you're like, okay, whatever, nothing's going to happen. But if you actually go and pick up the book, sit down, make some time for it, put these new ideas in your mind, right? It's almost a guarantee, yeah, that your life can change if you act on those things. Do you know? That's right. Um, and, and I think that's an encouragement. And here, here's the thing, um, whatever we've, we've done, we've, we've kind of got ourselves into that situation, right? We're not talking about external forces and things which are outside of our control, but things that we can control that are in our vicinity almost, right? That is stuff that we can actually take action on um, and um, do something about and, you know, uh, apply those simple things in life um, yeah. to, to make that change and shift. That's right. And you know what? There's there's uh, two things to add to that um, that I'd like to add to that is, you know, we talk about uh, the circles of influence. So you imagine, you know, you've got a circle and then there's a circle outside of that that, that is in and then there's a bigger circle. You've got the the inner circle is your the circle of direct influence, things that you can influence directly. You've got the the outer circle, or sort of the middle circle, which is uh, the circle of indirect influence. Who do you need to speak to to influence some outcome? And then you've got the circle that's outside of that, which is the circle of no influence. Now it's really important that you invest your energy in the first two circles, and predominantly the first circle, your direct influence, right? Especially when it comes to self-healing okay especially when it comes from taking yourself from a place of mental illness to a state state of mental healthiness okay and um so it's important to do that okay <clears throat> and um and i can't remember what the second point i was going to make but yeah circles of influence was the first one <laughs> the other one's gone the one is the mystery that's the one we have to figure out right is that what was the point <laughs> stay with it and you'll cool. find it <laughs> there was a second thing i was going to say but i can't remember that it's just kind of gone poof but, <laughs> no, you never know it won't come back and uh, yeah so so yeah it's just change change the things that you can control and uh in your own life um taking ownership or responsibility or i remember now okay the the second thing i was going to say was um Everything that happens in our life, I'm a firm believer through my own experience and through my own understanding that there are um, agents of the universe. People will appear uh, to cause you suffering uh, in life. But as agents of the universe, right, they are your teachers that are helping you to reveal part of you that you have forgotten being born into this lifetime to help you to uh, understand and, and reveal the answer to the question, why am I here on Mother Earth? That suffering, look for the lesson in it, transcend the lesson, and you will have, a, you will have dissolved that lesson and moved on from there. That's your process of ascension, essentially. Okay, So anyone that's caused you suffering, the idea is uh, to look at it in a whole new light. And if you look at it through darkness, you're only going to prolong the suffering. Look at it in a whole new light. 
light being the keyword okay um and when you see the light in that person's teaching you'll you'll one day realize when you get further on and you turn back and you can connect the dots you'll realize aha that's why i was being served all of that suffering all of that trauma happened because i was meant to do this this and this to get me to this point okay but you won't understand it now because you can't see the dots because the dots haven't happened yet but you've got to get further down that line then you turn back and be like, oh yeah i can see all the dots now okay so this is where faith is really important right so have faith all right that's number one and the other thing i was going to say was uh, <clears throat> um there is luck okay it's involved as well right and there's several types of luck okay uh you talk about uh, your luck as the way you're born okay your cosmic imprint and the luck that you know you have as part of you being you born when you were born where you were born and so on um then you have your environmental luck the luck of your environment right if you live in an environment which has got really bad energy guess what your luck's gonna suck as well as a consequence of that i don't really know anybody that's had good luck when they've lived in a shitty place okay they've had to try and work their way out of it right in order to change their environmental luck okay right um and one of the things is right you know you can take somebody from a um a, a bad a poor neighborhood right a neighborhood with his high crime and so on and put them in a good neighborhood with his low crime and so on guess what people change right their behavior changes right there's loads of studies around that right cognitive behavior yeah, environmental impact on cognitive behavior right um so you can change your environmental luck by changing your environment right they, they say uh, the biggest way to change somebody is actually to change the environment right um, i mean take the army for example when you got invited to completely change your environment um just yeah. to create that change in you right change your environment change your company right because they're part of your environment okay but not your physical environment but your social environment <clears throat> so you know they say you know you become the people uh, you become the company you keep so it's important to keep the company that you aspire to be in or aspire to be part of uh and um and 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 make make way into that right because you'll be surprised that uh, if you want to be in a certain uh, community that uh, people will welcome people with the right intention okay with the right energy with the right attitude but it means that you have to get yourself into that frame of mind in order to do that okay so you know coming back to luck you know you've got your own luck you've got your environmental luck okay um and then um and then you've got the luck that you have by doing the actions that you do right so the luck on your actions right luck in your environment are things that you can control the luck that you're born with what i call your cosmic imprint you can't change that that's your spiritual luck right it is what it is right so you know uh you have to kind of um you know just have faith. that's not to confuse it with your situation or scenario so for example if you are going through um um you know a, a mental health issue or any anything related to that um what we've what we've seen and we, we is, is, is you could document these things are documented as well like you've seen situations where people who have uh, you could say the suffered the most whoever's got out of that suffering has gone on to achieve the greatest greatest of influence all right so you know um sometimes we got to realize that um you know as fortunate or unfortunate these things are it's like maybe that's part of the journey you know maybe that thing is the thing is needed to accelerate um 
somebody in life we, we just don't know right but it's like you know do we do we give up before we even know that right um yeah and you know everybody goes through a challenge Every, everyone there's no there's no situation or scenario when somebody hasn't gone through a challenge and i know because i've seen i've been to workshops where for example people have opened up right and they've had and they're sharing the experiences now if you can imagine a room of like hundreds of people and people sharing the experiences of the 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 shit they've gone through seriously right right and and you look at that you realize you realize that you're not alone right yeah. everybody goes through something yeah and um you know it's it's then um you know do what you can from within to you know read books connect with people change your environment like Lexi is saying yeah change um you know your 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 um circle of influence That's right? right and um that that like Lexi was saying is something that you can actually work towards and your your environmental luck you can change by changing your environmental energy um people um uh generally have heard of um feng shui okay um but also uh, there's the ancient um uh indian um uh, science of uh vastu shastra right which is uh, the indian feng shui essentially okay which is probably where feng shui actually came from because a lot of the um that science traveled um around the world so you know there you can change the energy environment therefore you can change your luck as well um so you know if you're looking to cultivate uh, uh your self mastery you know that your environment is an important aspect of that so you know just something for you to keep in mind and um you know take a holistic approach to uh creating a lifestyle change this is you changing your life changing the outcomes in your life um by cultivating um mental health and you know all i can say is you know i sincerely wish uh, everybody um have uh, a tenacious curiosity and a want and desire to cultivate uh, self mastery and then move on to self realization uh because then we'll all be a, as sentient beings on mother earth be putting our best side forward to look after one another and to look after our mother earth and um we will that way create a better world to live in and i can only hope uh that that is uh, something that we're moving towards and the work that we're doing is going to have that side benefit as a consequence of starting with ourselves all right so on that note really uh you know that's um, i'd like to close up on that one because uh, i think um, this this self mastery journey is is a journey it's not a outcome it's not a destination so do enjoy it um because once there's nothing else to learn then it gets boring okay so enjoy the process of cultivating and enjoy the people the wonderful people you meet on this journey now people that will inspire educate and empower you so that you know you can give that light back onto others right and more importantly for future generations to come so that we can create a, a generation of um children that are going to grow up to become leaders and custodians for our planet and our, uh, and our fellow human beings once we are long gone okay so um uh, you know we can only do our bit and uh, i hope that this is going to um uh, set off that ripple in the ocean so wow and on that note everyone uh, i hope you enjoyed that we've gone into some depth in this conversation and uh, um you know get the books stay in tuned and we'll chat to you next time thank you very much 
If you took some value out of this podcast, then please like and subscribe to our channel. If you feel this podcast will help a loved one, then please kindly spread this wisdom by sharing this podcast link with them. For more information and learning materials on how to cultivate self-mastery towards your self-realization inspired by martial arts and philosophy, please go to www.martialmindpower.com. See you in the next podcast.